1: Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited! It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you, Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast, and we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie. Eric Siska, what is that oh, movie? My God,
2: uh, <laughs> it is the Santa Claus, the original film. Not out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen. <laughs> yes, finds a fat so falls off his roof.
0: Tickets available right now at WHMpodcast.com. It's time again.
2: It's time to be-
0: Still kicking this summer break. I like it a lot. I like eating things. I like doing nothing. I like drinking a lot. This is awesome.
2: <laughs> Wait. That's what you do regularly. How is that a vacation?
0: Well, because we're not recording new podcasts. Oh, that's the right, one difference. Right. Oh, yeah. that's
2: oh right. That's why this is an episode that's happened before.
0: That's yes, right. It's don't a repeat. tell me
2: it didn't happen. Yes. I heard it happened.
0: <laughs> Hello from
1: another timeline. Oh no, <laughs> this is Star Trek Insurrection. Was this
0: the first Star Trek movie we, we did?
1: Yes, and actually, um, you know, if you're interested in new we hate movies content, you can go on the <laughs> Patreon. That's right. Patreon. We're doing com. the big goodbyes. This month, where I play a detective, oh, Dixon Hill, Dixon oh, Hill, Dixon, God. Dixon God. Hill, God, yeah, Dixon yeah, Hill. Okay. Just make sure so I got it, that right. It's an ice cream. Uh,
0: no. Oh my right. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Dix Hills, <laughs> Long Island. That's what I thought they were. Data, you
2: could be Turkey Hill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is Patreon.com/slash. We hate movies. Yeah, this episode, a lot of uh, Mr. Data's big bubble butt uh, is in there. Uh, this is the this is the Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation movie that's kind of just. Like two bad episodes put together in one thing. Yeah,
1: it's not. It's not the worst. Nemesis is the worst. Yes. Um, this is uh, uh, even though I like Nemesis more. I would wa- rewatch Nemesis before I rewatch it because really?
0: this is this would be an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation that I would skip over on Netflix. Yes, yeah. I'd read the description and be like, oh okay, like I do with all those like Doctor Crusher episodes. Troy's mother. Yep. Just <laughs> skip over all of them. Uh, yeah. This is F. Murray Abraham is playing a Balchinian in this movie. He looks disgusting. There's something about. Uh, these people live on this planet and it like keeps them young Picard fucks like a 400
1: year old woman yeah again we, we we haven't listened to this episode I haven't listened to this episode in mm-hmm. years yeah. I mean, so I wh-
0: what what year did it come out and I edited it <laughs>
1: because that's when I
0: listened to it uh so um yeah I don't know we're we're still on vacation but thank you for uh, dipping in and seeing what's going on. If this is new to you that's cool too cuz this is not
1: an, a main feed episode. Eric who's your favorite Star Trek the Next Generation character? Oh my
2: I <laughs> that what a
1: question.
2: I know I you know, I, gotta, I mean I guess it's
1: Picard. Well yeah, I think because that's yeah. the fallback
0: though I was just about to say like aside from Picard I think maybe data. Yeah, I would data go data. fun. Data's data. fun.
1: I like Raker, man. I no, like
2: absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I mean I love data and I no it's probably data but what, I, so I'm you, to be. What a, do you like about Riker? Uh, you know he's he's kind of stupid. You know he's just kind of a take charge, but like he's he's exactly a company man, but not like a bad company man. Like a yeah. good comp. He's like a really good boss. You'd be like, oh cool, Riker's here. Oh
0: fuck, I'm work I'm working for Will Riker. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I heard I, he's great. I'm gonna double time it. He makes a great district manager. <laughs> Will Riker. <laughs> I think Steve also likes him because Jonathan Frakes is like two Steve standards. On top of each other. I mean, he's handsome as hell. Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) I
2: knew it. He always looked familiar
0: to me. If there was like another Steve, and it got on top of Steve's shoulders, and then both Steves put a trench coat on, (laughs) that's Will Riker. (laughs) So please enjoy Star Trek Insurrection.
1: Yeah, you're like the adopted kid that shows up after dad quits drinking. You, just, you, get, you get to reap all the benefits and have, don't have to suffer any of the results.
0: Wouldn't that be the other way around, though? Like, all the other movies are so good, and then you get to this one, so it's like, you're the dude that shows up when Dad starts drinking. <laughs> like, you missed wag. all the good times. There were so many perfect Christmases, and now it's just going to be shitty, spoiled
1: holidays forever. <laughs> I don't know if you can get a ki- a kid if you're an alcoholic. That's got to be really difficult. Well, I'm sure there's people that cover that up. Some people fall into them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You suddenly have some kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. falling in. But if you're an adopted kid,
1: I think he's saying... Yeah, they do those background checks. Well, trust you know, me, those background know, checks hey, are hey, okay. First
2: of all, you're, you're presupposing that this adoption's legal. Because <laughs> trust me, you want a kid, I can
0: get you a kid. <laughs> Eric Siska's I went to the park and found one adoption <laughs> agency? That's wretched. Uh, This film is from 1998. It is the third... Uh, Star Trek film to feature the Next Generation cast. This is, I feel, it's a direct, uh, like, like uh, uh, descending level of quality, right? It, it, or no no, I, no? no, 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 it's, I'm it's, wrong. It's, yeah, because we all agree, First Contact's the best of these, so it's like yeah. middle of the road up, and then from from First Contact, oh, oh, down, I mean, if you're counting it gener- generations, right? Right. Well, that's. That's
1: more yeah, That's more
0: a Next Generation movie than a... Uh, it's, that's true. I
1: actually yeah. think that's more of a Malcolm McDowell movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's more of my Malcolm McDowell <laughs> quota. You're just a big... Uh, what is his name? Dr. Sarek? Sarek? Sarek. No. Sarek is Spock's father. Oh, yeah. By the way, the nerd level of this episode is going to be fucking
2: sky high. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't remember, but it's like, I keep wanting to say Sauron, yeah. but that's not it. That's a different, that's a whole different franchise <laughs> of ridiculous names that you need a glossary for. Uh, this movie is the one we talked about briefly on uh, Men in Black 2, because it also features Men in Black Alien Race favorite, the Balchinians. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into F. Murray Abraham, who is the, the villain of this picture. He's got no clue
1: what he's doing in a Star Trek movie. He's just looking around. all <laughs> He just knows he's a villain, so he knows he has to yell a lot. Like If I'm a bad guy, I'm going to scream my head off about... I, what are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> what, space taxes? Sure, I'll yell about
0: that. <laughs> Territories? I'll yell about that, too. The plot of this movie, uh, very, very simply, is... Uh, the next generation crew lands on a planet where uh, the, the inhabitants have, have discovered that because of the the rings of the planet, there's some sort of radiation that helps them essentially live forever. You know, they won't age. Uh, and F. Murray Abraham and the rest of his Balchillion crew are trying to steal the technology and, and kill them. And there now, you go. Now,
2: they're not so Balchillion in terms of... Their, fo- their whole face looks like a scrotum. It's, yeah. It's, 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 yes. not, it's not like...
1: It's not in- just a chin. It's the whole damn thing. Yeah.
2: There's just one giant stretchy ball.
1: <laughs> it kind of looks like if you tried to put somebody else's face on your face and you did a really bad job. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you took a
0: Halloween mask in a pool with you <laughs> and got it all wet for a really long time and it just pruned right out. These, th- I mean, it's terrible. They look terrible. Tom Cruise dro- drops his mask in Mission Impossible in the pool overnight, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you got to make it work, I guess." To pick up his Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> face and put it yeah. back on. It's like, oh man, Hoffman had a
1: rough night last night. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's five hundred years old. <laughs> so, but that th- this movie. Like all right, we have first contact. We've we the first one. We're kind of battling with demons of the past the generations. Mm-hmm. You've got you know you kind demons of demons of the past with Kirk. <laughs> you you put that whole thing to bed. You've got a cool little you know you know live forever in an alternate reality thing. The uh, first contact. Here we go. The Borg. The best thing that. Next generation brought to the table,
0: absolutely the greatest gift that that uh, particular series gave to the franchise, absolutely.
1: And like you know, you're riding high, and then it's like, all right, now let's see what Amish Country is doing because it starts (laughs) out with like this, it's like a pan flute, and I'm like, where we're not in space, we're just watching people like, you know, knead bread. It's like feudal England. There's so
0: much tilling of all sorts of fields, which is why
2: Picard is so enamored
0: with it. Because, as we've posited in the past, he's possibly from Victorian England. We don't really know for sure what that whole thing's about. That's a different movie discussion. He
2: fell into he he like went on. He's probably like from Victorian England, and he went on like an expedition to the North Pole and got frozen <laughs> in the ice. Is like it Captain, Captain America. America? Yeah, it's Captain Star Trek. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Captain Star Trek, by the way, you know Patrick Stewart, obviously the biggest face of this part of the franchise, hands down. You know what's a little sad? Opening credits. He's only got an associate producer <laughs> nod. Yeah, why can't he get the executive? Is that like a money thing? Was he like, "I'm only taking this so far"? <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? I can't be sticking all sorts of money into this. It's like that car wash I bought really blew up in my face. I feel like Frakes wanted him out of it a little bit.
2: You know, like, yeah. like First Contact was so great because of me, because I directed First Contact. Right. I am Jonathan Franks. Right. Frakes? Frakes. Okay. That's my name.
0: <laughs> I now know my own name. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: what, what's your last name, Mr. Burns? I
0: mean, what's your, what was it, your first name? <laughs> All right, Mr. Burns. I just need your first name. I don't know. <laughs> So Uh, so it's really
1: idyllic and beautiful. And then all, like, this is the entire opening credits. And I'm like oh, my God, what is even going to happen? And then, like, some danger music starts playing. You're like, all right, danger. There's danger
0: music, and things are being flipped by an invisible presence, and I was like, Star Trek ghosts? <laughs> because you're, like, walking through this, like, small little, you know, bazaar that they have, and, and you know, grains are being thrown out into the town square, and someone knocks over a wheelbarrow, and you're like, what is going on? And all these people are freaking it out. It would be
2: a better movie for the next-gen cast to become Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Geordi, don't cross the streams. <laughs> uh, and, and so then you see they're, they're, uh, they're being observed by someone. You're like, all right, there's possibly like a big brother thing
1: going on. Th- this whole idea is really creepy. Like that the Federation, basically what's happening is Data's in an invisible suit. And he's yes. like... And there's a bunch of people in invisible suits just kind of watching this community without anybody knowing about it. Right, which is their shitty
0: political way to bypass the Prime Directive. Holy shit, this is the nerdiest thing ever. (laughs) The Prime Directive, the law in Star Trek that says, you know, if you come across a civilization on a planet that is not as technologically advanced as you are, you don't fuck with them. You know, you don't go to a caveman and you're like, here's a laser beam,
1: caveman. Kirk never followed that. That prime Directive. He didn't give a shit. It was like it was like barely a courtesy flush, kind of like that's how he <laughs> he thought about it. Like, he
0: treated the Prime Directive like how you're supposed to yield to pedestrians <laughs> at a crosswalk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a law.
2: <laughs> well, that was in the early days, you know. Like he had to be a little more rough and tumble with the situation. He was
1: like breeding people. Like he didn't give a <laughs> fuck. He's just like, well, wait, wait, what? We're not supposed to do eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> you. Lay with her, (laughs) and and you lay with me, and
0: you (laughs) lay with me, and you lay with me. Uh,
1: I'll I'll need all your history books. I'm going to burn them.
0: (laughs) but so so yes, they are they are bypassing you know interacting with these people uh, by by setting up an entire invisible office, and (laughs) it's it's a it's a a whole structure that they have. I got to go to invisible work today. (laughs) It looks like the watchtowers in like Jurassic Park or something. Yeah. And yeah, so Data's walking around, they're taking all sorts of measurements. And then one way ticket to Crazy Town, Data runs up to this thing and blasts the shit out of it. Yeah. And they do there's some kind of okay looking uh, you know, like Data takes the helmet off and it's just Brent Spiner's head dancing <laughs> around. Floating around.
2: <laughs> That's terrifying.
0: So word gets to the Enterprise like uh Hey man, that robot that you keep swearing is beneficial <laughs> for our organization.
1: Totally ruined this, you know, months long experiment. Hey, remember two years ago when he went apeshit and almost destroyed the universe? You keep telling me that this robot is totally unimpeachable. What? How did it get off of Picard's leash? First off, <laughs> why why is it even there? You keep, you know, that's the thing with
0: data, right? It's like you give an inch, he fucking takes a yard, man. man. That's what happens. He's just like, it's my first day at being human. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, I... I
2: thought
1: I could do that. That's
0: always what he falls back on, is like, hey, I'm just trying to be human. I'm you not know, actually human. I didn't
1: invent the emotion. Change. My favorite <laughs> thing is, so, like, Picard gets wind of things going wrong in the middle of this really boring ceremony where he's welcoming some little people out of the Federation, and then he goes to Geordi, and he's like... Jordy, what's wrong with data? He's like, well, he didn't take his emotion chip. Like, his emotion chip's left on his pillow. Yeah, it's like you forgot your hair dryer. Like, oh, he's, I think he says, like, oh, he didn't take that with him? Yeah.
0: Why? You, so you're telling me that after the big stink he makes in generations about, oh, my emotion chip, one step closer to humanity, Pinocchio, and all that shit, <laughs> he's just taking it in and out, like fucking contacts? <laughs>
1: yes, he's wore, he wore his glasses to this place. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, it,
2: was, it was raining. He didn't want to deal with it, so he's acting logically. So he must, you know, yeah. whatever he's doing must be right.
0: Right, exactly. So that's the. I mean, that's right. That's the point that they're making: is he doesn't have it as a, his emotion So whatever he's doing, he's doing it for a reason. You mentioned Steve, the whole Picard getting ready for a ceremony. That's always been a weak part of these next generation movies. Is what they've been doing since we've yep. last left mm-hmm. them. I seem to recall, is it Generations where it's Worf's promotion ceremony (laughs) and they're on the holodeck doing a big mutiny on the bounty fucking cosplay? (laughs) (laughs) And they make him walk the plank. Let's all dress up like olden times. It'll be fun. (laughs) Jean-Luc, you're always talking about this magical Dickensian past that you fantasize (laughs) about. We don't give a shit. Stop making us dress up you like
2: think fools. Maybe his parents had like a holodeck, like one of the first ones at home holodeck.
1: And <laughs> the just, first he, color holodeck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before
2: that, it was just black and white holodecks. <laughs> That's why he got so accustomed to playing dicks, the private detective. Because <laughs> oh, it was all like film noir. But he grew up in Dickensian, England. In a holodeck, maybe. All right. Probably, That's possible. He was probably just in Seattle or something, and he's just this American <laughs> kid, and then he just went into this
0: box for years and
2: years and years.
0: That's terrifying. I like that alternate patch. It's like past. a
2: Truman Show type of...
0: He comes out talking like that, just like Madonna was like. I spent six months in England, so I can yeah. talk like that. that. That's what happens. Sweet callback.
1: <laughs> so they're 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 just you know they're welcoming these little people in, and Picard has to put on a silly hat. He's got a great line where he goes, uh,
0: "Remember when we used to be explorers?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I do." Remember when there was any stakes in this franchise? <laughs> Not anymore. But then we found everything.
1: We <laughs> found everything. That- Every, every, the edge of the universe has been found. So Worf comes up. Worf, who has been on Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Nine ended up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is 98. He's been on that show.
0: The Next Generation ended what? 97? No, No, like earlier
1: than that? I think like 94 or something like that. It was earlier. Okay. Yeah. And then they, they
0: pretty much went. Full on deep space. Were they on the air at the same time? Yes. And then it was just kind of like a nice little transition. Mm-hmm. And Michael Dorn was just like, "I'm not done putting this dumbass makeup on." <laughs> that's that's commitment. That, yeah.
1: That's honestly what that is. He was wearing that hat for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Maybe he'll get buried in it, <laughs> like Bellegoso. You got buried in his cape. <laughs> I wish <laughs> he gets buried with that sash. Yeah. Oh yeah. That oh man. Sash. Klingon funeral. What happens? To the, what, do they fuck the corpse? Like, what I happens? Probably, they, probably they burn
0: it. They fuck it. It's they all say, They it. eat it.
1: I have no, and I mean, you know, to people that dress up, do whatever they do, totally fine. I've got no tolerance, no patience. I want nothing to do with people that dress up and act like Klingon.
0: Uh, I'll take you one step further. Those people that have those dictionaries and they're like, I'm fluent in Klingon. You're also fluent in never losing your virginity.
1: You're fluent in wasting your time. Learn French. Go to France. (laughs) You can learn French. Well, you know what, Steve?
0: When the fucking day comes and they're on Klingon. Your face will be red, but it's
2: true. And the problem, the <laughs> bro- problem number one, learning Klingon. Problem number two is these <laughs> people seem to feel like they have to tell everyone about it. I remember <laughs> when I was moving into college, someone on my floor's like relative, like was fluent in Klingon, and like. I- I meet this guy in passing, and it's just like, just a guy. It's, it's brought up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is there a, like, aptitude test that you have to send away for and the Roddenberry Foundation deems you fluent yeah. in Klingon?
2: They're like, this person can be conned easily. So <laughs> send him the kit.
1: Yeah, we'll send give him, him the Klingon kit. We'll give him the Klingon Rosetta Stone. He can fucking put <laughs> headphones on and really learn it. But also about Klingons, they act like assholes. It's the whole thing of, like, I'm a barbarian. Like, no, you're not. You're a fat guy.
0: (laughs) 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 There's a difference. I'm a barbaric fat guy.
2: (laughs) I mean, they're just space
0: monsters
2: that I don't know why they're... How do they even get to that level of
1: technology if they act like that? The the, the Federation kind of brings them in. Yeah,
0: I don't know how that works. There's a weird... We've tamed the Klingons vibe that goes around Star Trek here and there. Right. It's and all very uncomfortable. And, and just
1: about every four episodes we of the Klingon, like- you'll, you'll get at least one white actor in blackface. Because that's like a proud tra- tradition.
0: That is the old school, like, yeah. original series. That, that was up and down the board. Yeah, that- they,
2: they didn't have the ridges back then. They had, like, uh, they were more brown. Yeah. <laughs> Like like a heavy tan, like uh, <laughs> good a lot of makeup. It was you know like Mitt Romney on Telemundo. Or
1: <laughs> so Worf, sorry, Worf comes in. Worf comes in, and it's like okay, let's figure out why Worf is back here because he's just he's he's off to college. He's having all sorts of adventures he's, on his own, all sorts of experiments. <laughs> <laughs> just like and Picard is like, well, here, here, this is what happens, Captain,
0: Mister Worf. What the hell are you doing here? I was at the Man's College. He's a little late, Jordy. Can I wait? I don't think so. I heard with me,
1: uh, tell him that I'm already here, and I'll talk to him when he arrives. Like, what a
0: snub! What are we even doing?
1: It just shows you what little stakes there is. They, don't, they have no intention. It, this movie is just completely running off the fumes of everything else. And it's Absolutely. Just, it's getting the band back together. how they get back together? I don't know. Now, here's the
0: thing, though. Who is going to be devastated that Worf is not in the next Star Trek
1: movie? Not many.
0: At the same time, though, the other thought is, like, why aren't you trying to pass the baton even further? Like, where's Odo?
1: Like, have (laughs) Odo show up, man. They had, apparently, uh, Quark filmed scenes that just got fucking cut from this movie. Oh, really? Do you think
0: Quark gave... Uh, uh, Warf a ride
1: <laughs> to the enterprise. Yeah.
0: And he's like, he's like, hey, wharf, you want me to come in with you? He's like, nah, Cork, that's okay. <laughs> you can
1: head back to Deep Space Nine now. <laughs> Yeah, Deep space nine. What's what's exciting about Star Trek? Right, you have to, you have to explore, you have to find things, coming up with all different people every week. No, no, we'll just have a fucking spaceport that goes nowhere, and you have to deal with the Cardassians each and every week. <laughs> to be fair to that
0: show, though. Deep Space Nine is the only one of those shows that had a solid arc over a season, which is something that is mentioned in this movie. It's a blink and you miss it. But they mentioned the Dominion Wars Mm. and all that shit. That took over Deep Space Nine. And that was like, what we're doing on that show? Mm. Which is kind of like, it was great because... Not a lot of TV back then was doing that. Nowadays, that's all television is, you know, we have these super looming arcs over the entire season. I never I never watched Enterprise, but I think that had a couple arcs in it. Right? Enterprise did that too a little bit. Enterprise also did some cool time travel shit where you got to see commander riker for some reason <laughs> <laughs> and you also got to see uh
2: space aliens dressed up as nazis for some reason
1: <laughs> anyway wharf gets the snub of the century <laughs> yeah whatever whatever mountainhead <laughs> keep moving <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they they then decide they're going to so this this is the big first super action scene we get in this movie right super
1: it's, action question mark
0: well it's for Star Trek, yeah, this is a super action scene it's two it's two spacecrafts flying at each other fighting yeah, yeah. doing stuff while they're singing the
1: HMS pinafore.
0: Yeah. uh, Okay. Let's get into this because it's kind of stupid. So they're like, Worf and Picard get on this this vessel and they're like, all right, we're going to go track down data because he's gone rogue and hijacked this other vessel and he's flying around fucking things up. So we're going to chase him down. And what's great is there's a there's a Starfleet admiral who's in cahoots with F. Murray Abraham and they're like, Listen, Picard, we're going to kill your robot. <laughs> and Picard's actually got a really cool moment where he's like, all right, listen, I'll make you a deal. If I can't capture him on my first attempt,
1: I'll kill him myself. And you're like, whoa! It's like putting your dog down. No, it is. Well, it's like, it's like a vice at men. Captain, tell me about the rabbits again. <laughs> so what is his plot to get
0: to capture Data? To do karaoke again. <laughs> It is karaoke at it is downright karaoke. So he's like, and th- again, you want to talk about what they're doing on their free time. They're trying to figure out how they can stop him and Picard's like, oh, you know what? Wait a second. Now that I think about it, before he embarked on this mission, Data was rehearsing a production of the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Rehearsing Gilbert and Sullivan. And on
2: this, like, this big clunky 4x3 TV, there is... The lyrics with a bouncing ball.
0: (laughs) That is an unnecessary detail.
1: And he goes to Worf. He's like, Worf, have you ever heard of Gilbert and Sullivan? And Worf's like, no, these are fucking humans from thousands of years ago. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Remulak and Kremular? They're fucking great on Klingon. What's actually awesome is he's he's like,
0: I have not had a chance to meet all the new crew members. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good little joke. And what's great is Picard's just like, Worf. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's, it's Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, so they sing this song and then Data starts singing along and he's distracted long enough that they attach themselves to his ship. But Brent Spiner is singing his heart out with this music. Just just here. Here's a little back and forth with the two of them.
1: His bosom should heave and his heart should glow. And, and his, his fist, fist be ever ready for a knockdown blow. Oh, man, is that hammy. Well, that's because Brent Spiner and most of these actors on this show, who've been working steadily for almost 20 years at this point, are still kind of concerned about their reels. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, absolutely. Brent Spiner, oh, this will be good for my reel. They can they can see that
0: I can sing Gilbert and Sullivan.
2: Now I don't buy that anyone like okay a robot you know you put in a floppy disk it sings a goddamn song. But <laughs> the fact that Picard would be this great captain, but apparently he spent decades in the theater perfecting <laughs> this voice and the song and.
0: Well, it's it's amazing that I have to do this, Mr. Worf, because I'm personally coming off a production of the Scottish play as we speak.
1: <laughs> it's you, ridiculous. You know, Worf, I wore blackface when I played Othello. <laughs> it's a longstanding British tradition. I mean, in space.
0: Uh, uh, also, a thing that's rekindled in this movie that sucks is the uh, Riker-Troy relationship. It is insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is downright insufferable. You are correct. It starts out kind of slow, though. Mm-hmm. Like, like Riker says something like, you know, uh, hey, Troy, what time is it? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, it's four o'clock space time. And she starts, like, rubbing the back of his head. And he's like, whoa. I don't know what this is, but I'll allow
1: it. Kind of <laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> because they had some steamy encounters on that program. But they, and there is this one thing she he kisses her and she's like, "Ew, you kissed me with your beard. You never kissed me with your beard." And, and you, apparently, you, he has. Like, uh, I, a, I read a bunch online, of
2: times yeah. Yeah. in that
0: show. Like, yeah, I, how do you miss something like that? Like, he had that beard. Forever. Left and right on that show. It's like first season, no beard. Start of that second season, he's been in the woods for months somehow. <laughs> he got lost on a holodeck. And
2: we're, when we're still on the topic of Riker's beard, we get treated to a scene of them in this steamy bubble bath together.
0: She, he, she is shaving his beard off. That's so they can get down. She's yeah. like, alright, listen. We'll do this on one condition. I get to shave that shit off myself.
1: I get to I get to kill this beard. I can sensually shave it like phenomenon. Like who gives a shit?
0: <laughs> she shaves off
2: both of his beards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other one is the uh, the carpets. You know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do they get married in, the th- in in Nemesis or am I misremembering?
0: Ah oh, man, I, I want remember. I want to lean towards yes on that. Somebody's getting married in Nemesis because well also. Riker gets promoted to captain at some point in that movie
1: but it's also like the fact that they, they have this relationship it should go somewhere it should figure into the plot in a further like, yeah after the the bathtub scene that's it like they're both on different missions and they just don't talk to each other. You know
0: how it should figure into the movie she gets fucking killed mm-hmm. like they, they 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 rekindle everything's great. We're having a sexy shave. <laughs> And then, blammo! Man, F. Marie Abraham takes her life because that's that's some stakes. Yeah, that's what sucks about these movies is they don't like the TV show's long over with. These people are sitting on piles of money. <laughs> yeah, like, listen, why don't you have some guts? Kill a character here and there, or she gets pregnant. <laughs>
1: Remember the, that I one guess.
0: episode where she gets pregnant and it's like weird immaculate conception, yeah,
1: and it's like a baby is, and it like grows really fast and shit. That's creepy. Remember when uh, Data's cutting that cake like that Tom Petty video?
0: <laughs> Absolutely,
1: <laughs> like exactly that Tom Petty video. Thanks a lot, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but so the, the main thrust of this movie is so now Data's. Data kind of gives them the impression that something's wrong on this planet. Something is amiss with this admiral and this F. Murray Abraham guy. So they inve- They're investigating, and they find what is to be what looks like a holodeck ship.
0: Right. Uh, the data traces a radiation signature out into a lake. He walks into the lake, a la Jason Voorhees, which is very <laughs> creepy. Uh, and they're like, yeah, let's take the, the the space gondola out here and see what's going on. And, yeah, they come across something sitting under the water, and Data pulls this pulley system, and up comes this gigantic invisible ship. And they open it up, and they look inside, and it's an exact replica of the town. And they're like, oh, this is a gigantic holodeck. What's going on? I will give this movie this much credit. That effect is pretty pretty badass. The invisible, cool. the invisible ship and the water running off it and everything yeah. like that. You know what I didn't appreciate
2: around this portion is you'll notice that like they'll, you know, they cut to like, you know, the ship and the holodeck and everything and that looks fine. The shore looks fine. But then there are moments in this movie where when people are directly in the water mm-hmm. and that is a
0: chlorinated pool if
1: I ever saw <laughs> one.
0: You know what I don't appreciate about this scene? Like they, they jump off this ship and everything and, uh, They've got this like lady villager with them, and she's like, "Oh, I can't swim," and Picard and Data jump in and save her, and Data's like, "Don't worry." In the event of uh, the event oh. of a water landing, I can be used as a flotation device. And I'm like, "What?" And his fucking ass blows out, and he just like rises out of the water, <laughs> like. Grab on to my Jiminy Glick fat suit. How <laughs> what, stupid is that? When That's did he turn st- into an Inspector Gadget? Yeah, that is, you're right. That is a downright <laughs> Inspector Gadget gag. That's so stupid. Like his
1: fucking hat flies off, or God, <laughs> his, a helicopter flies out of his head. It's, it's, it's really dumb. Data's but, also turned off by a remote control when they capture
0: him back in that... Uh, the the space shuttle warps just like click. He'll
1: never be equal with everybody. Of course. Also,
2: not. lady, you've had three hundred years to learn how to goddamn dog paddle or something.
1: <laughs> what are you makes doing? Fun of her about that.
0: He's like, ah, one question actually. Uh, three hundred years and you can't swim? And she's like, I haven't gotten around to it yet. You know what?
2: Honestly, that's the moment where I decide not to save these
1: people. <laughs> They can't save themselves. Yeah,
0: they, no, they don't, they're not worthy
2: of life.
1: So, ba- yeah, th- th- basically the idea of these people are they f- sort of, they left, a, it's kind of like the village. They left this very violent yes. society, found this new place, and, like, decided to spurn all technology, that, and it just so happened to give them immortal life. Yeah. A- and they've been kind of living off the steam of that for a long time. Picard's got this relationship with this woman going on, which is the most boring subplot. Of all boring subplots. So they've got this away team down there, and they're, like, you know,
0: exploring the planet and checking out its properties. They realize they're kind of feeling younger, this, that, and the other thing. And Picard is, like, just taking this lady around. They basically go on a date, right? How is it that no one else from the away team is like, holy shit, where's the captain of our ship? Oh, he just vanished with a stranger? Why? Like, yeah, they're out uh, until uh, uh, dawn.
2: He's getting his rocks off, fellas.
0: Hang back. Do you, think, do you think he was like, "Will, will just keep everyone back"? Tell, tell them we went looking in a cave because <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do.
1: I'm going. I'm going spelunking. <laughs> that's,
0: that's wretched. That
1: is pretty terrible. No, it's perfect. <laughs> And yes, yeah, no, you, yeah, he's always part of those away teams. Always, always, always. He's the first in the fray. Oh, exactly. Well, that's like any brave Starfleet captain.
0: You're always going to go. Yeah. That's actually, I recently rewatched that first season, and that's him and Riker butt heads on that all yeah. the time, because Riker's like, yo, you're not supposed to go on these fucking away
1: missions. Yeah. And he's like, well, stop me. <laughs> Yeah, neither of them should be
2: going on those missions.
1: All right, Captain, you you got one of two things. You either stop acting, you stop doing your productions, or you stop going on away missions. I can't have both! (laughs) My life in the theater?
0: Fine, I'll go into the holodeck for my mystery stories. <laughs> Man, when he turned into dicks, that was actually pretty cool. Nicky the, the
1: Nose has some information for me.
0: What's better, him doing the the like you know pulp detective thing or all those times on the holodeck where Riker's playing the trombone? <laughs> oh, God. Because Jonathan Frakes plays the trombone in
1: real life, so he did the wedge that in there? He's like Woody Allen just sitting in on jazz sessions. hmm Mm-hmm. holographic uh, chess <laughs> the detectives way better than that so F. Murray abraham's plot by the way is he's working with this admiral this this crooked admiral to uh extract what makes this this immortality work right which seems like a really good thing cuz no, that's it, a very devious plan and and uh, the admiral's like okay we'll give it to the whole federation it'll be great you yeah. know what i mean everyone's going to live forever People's lives are going to be enriched by this thing. And all, all we got to do is relocate these 600, you know, Amish and we'll be fine.
0: <laughs> There's a couple of times Picard uh, slyly, or I guess not so slyly references the Holocaust in this movie. <laughs> yeah. In relation to this, because, yeah, they're like, listen we just got to relocate like 600 people. Fuck it. And he's like, I seem to remember a time on my planet where a certain someone relocated a certain someone's. And you're like, yeah, we get it. But then I realized I'm mixing up Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen and I was like, yeah, Picard did live through the Holocaust. Oh, that was Magneto. (laughs) My mistake.
1: Star Trek loves bringing up Hitler. They do. absolutely. Why doesn't Worf ever bring up General Kronfraer, who (laughs) Did something really terrible on Klingon. he been eating bones all the time on (laughs) that.
2: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Frying babies, God knows
0: what. General Kramenfraun had a ridiculous non Klingon mustache (laughs) just below his (laughs) nose. Most Klingons found it very dishonorable.
1: Oh, that honor.
0: Man, he just loves talking about Klingon honor. You're like, I get it, man. You're You're really proud to be a
1: Klingon. He's never allowed to be badass as as much as you want him. You want him to break somebody's neck and rip the head off. Like, you want him to... Get really out of control. Yeah, like, do the Wolverine Berserker rage is what you want.
0: That would be great if he just flipped the fuck out on somebody. Yeah. And was like, "Uh, Captain, I'm, I'm... I have no excuse. <laughs> Worf's executed.
1: I shouldn't have broken that person in half. <laughs> I guess I should have stayed on Deep Space Nine. Worf, why did you come here? Well, I bam, and he gets shot. <laughs> There's another moment of uh, someone getting
0: interrupted, I remember, and it it's flipped on Picard because they're in that shuttle chasing after data, and Worf's like, uh, oh well what captain what was that all about or something and he's like well wolf it's something my mother and then like the the ship gets hit with a laser <laughs> yeah no one can get a word in edgewise <laughs> in this
1: movie well because the, the, it's plot jutted with just these like kind of fan-centric moments Yeah, which is really the, the problem and neither of them mesh well together
0: i don't understand the
1: pandering to the fan base right like I'm a big Star
0: Trek fan. Anytime something Star Trek related comes out, sign me up. I'm going to take a look at it. I watched way more Voyager than I had any business watching. (laughs) Like, whatever, man. You know, and like, I don't like that. It's like, I remember all
1: those things. I was there. I watched that movie also. Well, you're, it's kind of like the Goodwill Hunting thing. It's like, you're Ben Affleck. Every day, you want to see your friend do better. It doesn't matter that you can't see him anymore, or it's not exactly what you know your friend for. It's like, yeah. I want to wake up, and you're gone, and you're going to be a scientist somewhere. But a lot of these fans just want to get drunk at O'Reilly's with, the, with these movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah,
0: which is really stupid. Like, as a fan of this property, mm-hmm. why do you want to see them just sit and stew in the same old shit. Like, honestly, if they were like, you know what? In this movie, Worf is going to come from Deep Space Nine. And he's bringing fucking Odo and everybody else, man. And we are going to just you flip it. What? This sounds like one of those Muppet movies. <laughs> where, like,
2: I the think it's like the Muppet Christmas where Sesame Street, the Muppets, <laughs> yeah, Fraggle Rock, all <laughs> of them come together under one house and have this
0: crazy party. <laughs> That's what this is sounding like. But just flip it. Like, do something. Like, this is the third movie with this next-gen cast, and you know what? They're kind of bored. I mean, they bring it. We were talking about this before we went on the air. They do bring it in this movie. All of the original cast, they're doing what they're there to do, but I've seen them do it a billion fucking times. And this is really kind of just a lackluster episode. Yeah, it's a it's a it would be a less exciting two part episode of the show.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And if you have something where it's like, Oh, what's the key to all this? Oh, the crazy wormhole that Deep Space Nine guards. Yeah. And we gotta go to Deep Space Nine and check shit out there. Well, what? I think a lot of the problem is like a lot of fans like love
2: something and then they wanna see it frozen in time forever yep. as that. Like, I want more of it, but it has to be more of the same thing. Like everyone flipped out how like Kirk died or whatever, but
0: I mean, that's he's awesome. Not gonna, he's not
2: gonna live forever. Yeah, no, like,
0: that's awesome. You have some finality to a character yeah. like that, and not for nothing. He he lived until
2: Picard was already an old man. Like, he lived longer than Moses. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk lived
0: like so long in that Nexus. And you know what, though, Kirk goes out when he should go out because you know what was always embarrassing on Next Generation aside from the Spock appearances, like, there's that one episode where they find Scotty in a shuttle and he's just been wandering the galaxy aimlessly oh for 500 God. years. Yeah. Or, like, Bones is in the pilot and they've got DeForest Kelly in this redonkulous age makeup and they're like, oh, look, it's Dr. McCoy. Everybody remember? And they're fucking, like, rolling him out like a monkey <laughs> on a leash. Like, look, everybody, it's the famous Bones McCoy. And he's like, eh. They should have never done those things. It's now. so terrible. And thankfully, that's where it ended. Like, in Generations, you got Scotty and Chekhov, and whatever, who cares? They don't do anything. But you kill Captain Kirk. That is a bold move. And that's why I don't think that flick gets as much credit as, they sh- as yeah. it should. And I think well, a lot I of the backlash is exactly. because they did that. Exactly. Like, oh my god, how could you possibly? Well, how could you not? He's a fucking human being. He's not a god. And, you know, he's
1: past or his prime. He's not gonna be a, a lot... Give him an on-screen death. Not just leave it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and exactly. have it mean something. What happens to Uhura? Well, nobody knows, because yeah.
0: they Never did anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's last seen in Undiscovered Country, and that's it. Or um no, what's the sixth one? Undiscovered Country. Is it Undiscovered Country? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's five? Final Frontiers? Yes. Okay. Man, super nerding out. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so, you know, that that's what
1: that's what's going on here. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the news. I am out of here. Yeah. So basically. <laughs> yeah, I lost my train here. But so basically, you know. F. Murray Abraham wants to steal this stuff, and, like, Captain Picard got wind of it, like, oh, these people, they're called the Sona, are trying to, you know, relocate all these people. He doesn't know that the Admiral's in on it. Right. So Admiral so-and-so and and, uh, F. Murray Abraham comes, and, and we can talk about F. Murray Abraham's, like, character trait is he has this ball sacky face because he's very old and apparently he keeps getting uh a uh, facelift like yeah. brazil style facelift yeah 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 it's
0: which d- is always and those scenes are really weird he's like come on girls give me your best stretch and you mean the film brazil yes yes, okay. yes, yes not, not 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 the yeah they're not waxing his crutch. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> well well, well. We don't know what's going on down there, so who knows? No, that's what Riker's doing in that bathtub. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I feel if... Because what happens at the end of that bathtub scene, by the way, is that shitty Admiral phones in like, where's Captain Picard? And Riker's, like, getting the shave going on. I feel if they hadn't been interrupted, Troy would have turned him into powder.
1: <laughs> Just coming going. out of
0: that bathtub like a baby seal.
1: Kept going
0: and going, huh? Just, you know... You tried to do one and you tried to even out the other. And the next thing you know, he was, you know, slip sliding all over the place. <laughs> There's also a gag where he says to Data or Data is like, oh, your beard's oh, gone. God, and he's this like gag sucks. smooth as an android's bottom. And then Brent Spiner like feels his face and he's like, Mm-mm, my ass is smoother than that and walks away. It's another one of these stupid gags.
1: There's so many little gags. So
0: they go. They go to Picard's office.
1: They go to. So, but yeah, basically, he's got this really and like apparently he's like dying because you know he's so old and like yeah. he can only have so many more of these treatments before his face just fucking falls right off. Just
0: <laughs> just <laughs> right off.
1: And so he's like,
2: and all he's got to really do is just go home. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because that's a twist later on. Oh, his, big twist, end. Yeah, right? uh, sorry, I
0: spoiled it. When Picard walks into his office right as the scene's starting, he's like, computer, how about some music? And they start playing, you know, Picard's classical music that he's always got on. No, he's not like, that one. No, about something fun? How
1: about a mambo? <laughs> and, like, it's Patrick Stewart just, like, shimmying to his desk. That's all this movie is, is, like... You expected to see this, but this is a little more fun, right? You didn't expect me to dance the mambo, right?
0: Well, because what they you know realize is their proximity to the rings of this yeah. planet is you know, you know Benjamin buttoning them, and they're all becoming more vivacious and and whatnot. Apparently, as a teenager, Jean-Luc Picard listened to nothing but Latin music. <laughs>
2: And uh, Worf goes through Klingon puberty in this
0: movie. Yeah, he's got Klingon zits. Mm. That's why you bring this character back from this other show to give him pimples. You bring this character back from his other show to have a scene where they're on the bridge and Picard is like, where's Worf? <laughs> and they like they calm him and it, Worf overslept <laughs> and he yeah. like sits up and hits his head and he's like, Mr. Worf, when we're on the Enterprise, we set alarm clocks. <laughs> It's so well, stupid, There's a, a scene where Worf
2: sleeps in. Because he's a teenager going through puberty, just sleeps in, doesn't care. Responsibility Worf, out the Worf window. Worf
0: turns into Zach
2: Morris. And what's great too is when they when he has this pimple, they're called it's called something else in Klingon. Of it, course it it's is. It's like rah, or whatever. I, I think it's data or something, or this like says, Oh, it's actually just blah, blah, blah. and then Picard just goes, It's a what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like he yells, like, <laughs> like, like Worf probably doesn't want attention brought to this, but he is
1: just given given it, Mister Data. What the fuck is going on with Worf's face? Did it, I mean, was there a car accident? Do we even have cars anymore? So they're in this office. <laughs> you know they're they're, they're given you know uh, the admiral's given. Uh, Picard, the what's what? Like, look, this is what's going on. the The, the Federation's behind me. We're all going to do this, and, and you know, this is the insurrection scene. And right. Picard's like, "No, this is bullshit. It's like Hitler, blah blah blah." And F, and like the admiral asks F. Murray Abraham to step outside so the big people can talk. And F. Murray Abraham, for the first of many times, just goes. Now and like <laughs> he does it so violently, like his head starts fleeting. and it's my favorite shot in the movie. They cut back to to Patrick Stewart, and he's like embarrassed for him. Oh yeah, and it's it's a real like don't get that on my carpet situation. <laughs> yeah. This this enterprise is brand new. We've had one mission. I, I think I have a napkin from lunch. Just stay, don't don't move. Tilt your head back. Tilt your head back. You know what. We'll get you the transcript. Just get out. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: I've fallen in such a nerd well, I don't remember if we totally laid this out, but the, the Federation owns the planet or whatever yeah. that they're a part yes. of, and, yes. and, and, and these stretchy faces are trying to... <laughs> they like, have the technology that the Federation,
1: for some reason, can't replicate to use this off yeah. planets.
0: Yeah, they have to like to, mine to, it.
1: They, they have to like, right. mine and destroy the planet, essentially, to get this stuff.
0: I don't I don't think it's that they can't do it it's just that they haven't developed it yet cuz they don't care and the whole, the whole thing is their way around it is you know this admiral is like no listen we're not breaking the prime directive because these people actually do possess tons of advanced technological capabilities. They just choose not to use them. And they're not indigenous to the planet. Right. Yeah. They don't live there. They you know they they they, they, they moved they there a like hundred yeah. years ago. And Picard's like, yeah, that's kind of just like some loophole bullshit. Like you're still messing with the prime directive. And yeah, they have that big fight
1: and F. Murray Abraham's head starts squirting. <laughs> and it's just gross. And you know this is he's it's time to be insurrection. So we get all the guns together and like Saddle up, yeah. lock and load. Oh that man. was that trailer That's
0: all over the trailer, data just cocking the space shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Those blasters they introduced like in the movies, the space shotguns, those are shitty. Don't they don't make any to.
2: sense. Why would you have a space shotgun? <laughs>
1: You have a the idea is it gets smaller, right? Technology gets better, things get smaller. You have oh, this blaster on this that this planet it gets bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but it can get, you can set it to fucking kill, so it should just there's no reason to have it any bigger. But like
0: shotguns are basically for short range. Size be damned. They're cocking these things. There's <laughs> yeah. an out and out ch- In the future, you don't cock shit, man. It's just ready to go. And yeah, instead of... Yeah,
2: exactly. What are you cocking? If anything, it should be like a laser warm-up sound. Like... Yeah.
1: It goes from a green collar to a red collar, and it's lethal. Yeah. Data's poured all this fucking, uh, all these uh, gunpowder down the shotgun and plugging it <laughs> with a hole. Lock and load. I got a musket.
2: <laughs> got a space, space musket. musket. Yeah, I got the ingredients for laser beam. Let me see this. <laughs> Put in some laser
1: powder. <laughs> okay, Data, what do you think we should do?
0: Saddle up. Lock and load.
1: So So they can fight the space revolutionary war. (laughs) So it's like, all right, let's go down and save these people. And of course, the funny thing is, I mean, they never tried to do this in any other movie, so it doesn't really matter. But it's it's really this ship, the entire Enterprise is eight people. It's just eight people. Oh, yeah.
0: Of course it is. Well, (laughs) you know, how could you possibly do that any other way? Unless it's like a full out, like, listen, we're going to beam down to this planet and we have to wage war on these people. Mm-hmm. So we need, like, an army of Starfleet officers to get in on this. But, I mean, aside from your, your you know, your people on the bridge, the people that work in engineering and medical officers, that's I mean, it. that's the thing that was always weird about the Enterprise, because it's like a whatever-class starship. There was always all sorts of other cultural things going on, mm-hmm. and, you know, people just using it as transport kind of a thing. And
2: But I also partially think that, like... Picard's like, well, let's not get all these people
0: involved in our
2: treasonous acts. Because a lot of Star Trek movies ends up being treason against the Federation. And yeah, someone's oh, breaking I'm, the rules. I'm going to do my own thing, and hopefully it'll all work out. And I think maybe the idea is, let's not involve all these other crewmen, but... Right. You probably should if you want to win. Also, <laughs> you're the entire top brass. Who the fuck's steering the ship? You know what I mean? Riker's there on his little holiday, his little <laughs> sexy holiday. He stays behind on the ship. Well, yeah, so, they, they,
0: so, what happens is the, the lock and load scene Picard, very badass of him, is trying to just do this all on his own. Like, he secretly beams a couple of space suitcases full of gear and he's like, you know, getting ready to like sl- slink off. After he has the whole scene with the Admiral and the Admiral, admiral by the way greatest example of lazy screenwriting in this movie picard's like well explain to me your process in so many words and the guy totally says it's all very complicated don't ask me to explain it yeah like, come on everybody that's what Worf said what, is, what the fuck are you doing here exactly well there was a discrepancy in any way Uh, So, yeah, so he's doing that. He takes off his uh, his captain buttons, like the four buttons on his collar, takes it off, man. He's totally going rogue Picard on this thing. (laughs) Just a civilian. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That means you can break the rules, man. You know what? Bloodshed. He's going to kill people. He's ready to take lives. I would love to see that. But he gets caught by all the original cast <laughs> members. <laughs> they all are lined up. The the ship doctor, the chief engineer, they're all there. They're all just you know, hanging out together. Because they're all just best friends. You know, they end that show. Everybody's just playing cards. <laughs> it's the greatest thing. The ending of that show, they're just playing poker. Yeah. And the ship just goes away. It's so great. But they're all buddies. And they're like, listen, you know, we know what you're doing. And he's like, you know, regulations be damned. You're not gonna stop me. And then it's the old. We're not going to stop you. We're here to help you. Yeah.
1: And part of helping you is Riker and Jordy stay on the fucking ship. (laughs) Well, somebody's got to steer that thing. (laughs) So, well, the idea is they're going to go and get, you know, help from Starfleet and tell them what's going on while they stop the forced relocation of these other people. And that's.
2: There's also a couple of ships out there that you might want to pay attention to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the
0: Balchinians have some ships lined up. Yeah. And the whole thing is the Admiral's like. You know, listen, Picard, you and your team explored. Everything's up to code. You know, get out of here. And they keep telling him to leave, which is great because it's like the Enterprise overstaying its welcome <laughs> in someone's house. And they're like, all right, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to go now. See you later. And they take off. But, you know, the Balchinians know that Picard has actually gone down to the planet to to sort this whole thing out. Yeah, he gets his leather jacket on. <laughs> It's a pretty sick-looking leather jacket. Aside from the shoulder yeah. pads, that's pretty bad. It's a bit womanly, the jacket with it the is. shoulder pads. He looks like Paula
1: Poundstone going out <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> night. And so, like that's the movie finally starts. And yeah, you know, team team uh, gold team is on is on the thing, and blue team is doing whatever is flying to get help. So they're they they set up all these like. The idea is the uh, sonar are going like, to try and transport people off the planet. So they set up these like dampeners and like they try and they get them into the mountains to get, you know, so they can't be transported.
0: Right. Yeah. If we get to the mountains, you know, the the frequency out there won't reach. They can't steal us. But in the meantime, in their rush out of the village, like they send down all these little drones and these motherfuckers are shooting these people and they're getting beamed against their will. It's
1: hilarious. That's like one of the coolest things this movie does. Surprise is, beaming. You're just like, oh, no, damn shit. You're gone. <laughs> just mid-sentence.
0: This part makes me remember we should talk about this one thing that's really annoying and sappy in this movie is Data befriends a child because the child is initially scared of Data because the whole thing is like, you know, it's just like the village, like you said. You know, there's all the adults that decided to create this colony, and then all the kids that are born to these people don't know the score. It's just like, here we are, and this is our lives, and they don't know what technology is. So when Data starts flipping the fuck out and shooting that command center and is running around with his not-invisible head and all this shit, this kid is freaked out. And then when, you know, the dust settles and he's like, hi, I'm Data, this kid is terrified of him. And
1: yeah. Just through happenstance he keeps saving this kid's life and they they get to talking and it's like really warm and nice, but it's bullshit because who cares? Who cares about this little kid? You're trying to escape getting beamed off this planet. And there's
0: one part where everyone is doing this fucking death march into these mountains. And Data and this kid just like stop and sit on a rock, and Data's like I wish I knew what it was like to be a child. And this kid's like, I hate being a kid. Meanwhile Okay, got it. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's, there's extras walking behind them. Like they're still marching. They didn't take a break, but these two are just no. like, you know, let's sit down for a second. And is like, you know, my legs are 68.7 centimeters long, and they were when I was activated, and they'll be the same size when yeah, I... Yeah,
1: but I hate homework.
0: Yeah, totally. so <laughs> the fuck. I got a bedtime, and Data's just like, I would trade fucking anything for a bedtime. I, I have no idea what sleep is like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's like, I don't sleep... I have always been this size. He's like, isn't it great? Like, you're constantly changing. Like, your parameters are never the same and blah, blah, blah. And this kid's like, yeah, but homework. <laughs> and he's like, no, you really don't understand how much I hate. What, what a self-loathing Android data is. Oh, yeah. He's, he's
1: not self-actualized at all. By the way,
0: this little kid has also has got, like, this little pocket
1: fence. Oh, the pocket monster. Yeah,
2: this oh, little, yeah, this like, like little beep, it's beep, like beep, a little, little space monster <laughs> that's, like, so adorable.
0: It is the got flop- cutest thing in the Star Trek franchise, hands down. <laughs> it's
1: got floppy feet. <laughs> Tr- and it, tri- tri- it tri- be damned. And it's got more screen time than Gates McFadden.
2: <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Also around this part is as da- Data's walking on the ridge with some of the female members oh, of Oh, this. this
0: this is my favorite part of the movie.
2: And Data says well no, Data says, Data overhears them saying how
0: their boobs are firming up. Right, because they're all Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah. And so Gates younger. McFadden and Marina Certis are like, Hey, you feel your uh feel your boobs uh uh you know tightening up a little bit, getting a little firm? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, no, I do. Isn't it amazing? And Data's like, I have some rations for you. And they're like, Data, get out of here. <laughs> it's so great because he's listening to them like a pervert. Yeah. And Gates McFadden's like, thank you, Data. Thank you. Get out of here, Data. And then he
2: walks over to Wharf and is like, oh, man,
0: you noticed that your boobs are
2: firming up here?
0: That was a legitimate laugh for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking it's it's of cheesy, but whatever. But it's...
2: I mean, he's. A, I know he's a computer bot or whatever, but like, <laughs> he's
1: got a. He he knows. He knows that ladies got boobs. And yeah, and, and he, it's and no. it's inappropriate. He's been a, around the world long he's, enough. He's slept
2: familiar? with women.
0: Is he familiar though with 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 twentieth century jargon? What because,
1: boobs? Well, how, how long do you think boob will last? No. To be fair, he says breasts. No, it's boob. No, Are You sure? I think I think it is because he's imitating yeah, uh, Doctor yeah, okay. Crusher, but.
0: I mean, I don't Does know. Does boob go extinct was, in the 25th century? Then why are they using it? But that's what I'm saying. I think it may be an, oh, an he anachronistic know it screenwriting is. Yeah. thing. You know I what see. I mean? Like, this idiot writing this movie in the late 90s. Yeah, and this data's like, this screenplay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, no, I'm saying as a viewer of the movie. Yes. Because where else in Star Trek lore is the word boob ever mentioned? Off screen. <laughs> oh, I love your boobs. I love your boobs like it, <laughs>
2: exactly. that just never
0: happens ever
2: because because they won't let it happen first of all so they
1: wait till the ninth movie to throw boob into the <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> let's just not mince words here shatner's a tit man he never <laughs> says boobs he's just all like oh man look at those great tits you know he's like because he's one of those guys that pays for it um, i'm gonna save your people because of your lovely tits <laughs> <laughs> Picard because he's got the high road. He says, "Breast, your bosom, <laughs> your bosom problem, You're bountiful." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uses bountiful bosom when he's in one of
0: his ridiculous colonial holodeck fantasies. <laughs> I'm the captain of this ship, and you do have a bountiful bosom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if
2: Pic- like Picard on holiday going to somewhere like Colonial Williamsburg is like the weirdest guy there. Like he'd just be <laughs> standing there, like. He makes makes all
0: the actors uncomfortable because he's way too into it. You know, I'll tell you what. Those things are a really annoying event to have to deal with. (laughs) I went to one of those in Salem, Massachusetts one time on a field trip. No thanks. That's not how you burn a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Let me show you. Data, grab some sticks. Like... That's not how you sweep a floor. Did you ever go to one of those things, no. though? And everyone's acting like it's the time period? Like, yeah, it's annoying. I would much rather just go to a museum. It's creepy. Than some punk fucking kids like, you know, this is how we, you know, we do this. And then you talk to them and they refuse to break character. It's the worst. Maybe they're from another time. They're not. They're, <laughs> the, they're New England teenagers that were pretending as if they lived during the Salem witch hunts.
1: And have you noticed how your boobs have started to firm up? Not that we care about such things in this day and age.
0: Uh-huh. Thank you, Data. I will give this movie this. Once they beam down on this rogue mission, mm. it's more or less non-stop action. That's 49 minutes into an hour and 49 minute movie, though. But what Star Trek movie do you know of that is breakneck constant action?
1: Aside from that, J.J. Abrams, which movie. people rag on, but somebody needed to make Star Trek exciting and sexy and fun, which and that's is what fine. That, exactly, I, that, people rag on it I, is, are the same kind of people that it's. They're they're not Ben Affleck at Goodwill Hunting. That was my question when we were
0: talking about that. Is the because I don't care so i haven't looked into this but i mean that the fan like the hardcore fan reaction to that jj abrams flick because the only kind of criticism i've ever heard from that movie is the people that are like oh yeah you mean lens flare of the movie shut the fuck up that's a thing that happens just stop it it's a i'm talking about like people that are fans of the franchise like you got fans of the I, franchise right here you guys like that movie right yeah, Love yeah. That movie. i think i, it, it. I think it's yeah, I
2: think there are, there are people that don't like it, but uh, I don't agree with them.
0: Oh, Captain Kirk stole a car, and the Beastie Boys were in there. You know who's going to be fucking timeless? The Beastie Boys. Yeah,
2: you know you you got Gilbert and Sullivan in this movie. <laughs> I can handle that. Like some dude has, and the thing is, he it's a classic car. Yeah, yeah. So totally. maybe he wants some of the classic tunes. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a great part in their, in their. You know, escape to Witch Mountain or whatever the fuck they're doing. Uh they, they stop for water and uh Picard just again just busting Warp's balls is just like Mr. Worf, it looks like you need
1: a haircut. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, my my cling on puberty's happening. I'm so glad I enjoyed this movie where I'm a fucking joke. You know, back on Deep Space Nine, I'm hot shit. What, oh, yeah, that's enough. whatever <laughs> freshman. Go get my go get me a
0: drink. <laughs> Yes, Worf. You've
1: you've
0: you've overseen many trade embargoes and done many deals with Odo at the gift shop on Deep Space Nine.
1: It's kind of like it's kind of like going home to a shitty family and everyone calls you like Fatso or something. Because <laughs> like no matter, like, but I run a company. Nah, you're still Fat Timmy. That ate the the pizza. That's what it is.
0: They have no idea what Worf does on that space station. So they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, you and your fancy job on the space station.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like a realistic reaction would be like Worf would show up and they'd be like what are you doing here oh no, that job is filled <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm- I can't do anything for you.
1: <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> nice to see you. Sorry you have a long trip back. It's just, you wanna... called to Quark again. How far away are you? <laughs> Turn around and get me. While I'm gambling or whatever the fuck that piece <laughs> of shit. Get this octagonal octagonal money. God, I fucking hate Quark so much. I'm She's checking out scumbag. the boobs over here <laughs> <laughs> at the casino. <laughs> No, Quark goes to Space Thailand anywhere, any chance he can. <laughs> space Thailand.
0: <laughs> Where, I swear to God, I thought that was
1: Womon.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, Quark, it was a little space boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was he a 12-year-old Romulan boy, Quark. He was only 12 years old. <laughs> like, I, I thought he was one of those races of people that are smaller than most people. <laughs> no (laughs) it was a boy
0: uh (laughs) apropos of nothing there's a moment where this uh this uh this live forever lady is staring at picard again all this like crap conversation that's happening on this march to this cave and he's like what are you looking at and she goes it's been 300 years since i've seen a bald man and picard kind of looks at her like thank you Eh." (laughs) Thanks I for that up.
1: Well, that's the last thing you want to do when you're courting somebody. Picard also has a great line where he's like,
2: oh, I've always been into older women or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's a uh, big old stupid
1: joke. That's a
0: James Bond line, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. If James Bond encountered a woman
1: that could live forever. <laughs> <laughs> she has a superpower, which makes no sense. Oh, yeah, let's get into this. Because that's it's the same scene. That, so they're by this waterfall, right. and she's like, they're sitting down, and She's like, you have to live in the moment. And he's like, whatever, can we make out? And she's like, <laughs> no, you have to really, it's really important for us here, just just stop and listen. And the the waterfall starts going slower and this hummingbird's going slower. Yeah. And he's like, how are you doing this? And again, because it's lazy screenwriting, she's like, don't ask so many questions. Just sit here and watch it.
0: Now, I, I, I've i made this this wager on some episodes before, uh, but I feel, again, because because... Quite literally, nothing comes of this superpower mm. other than it's a, it's a real deus Ex machina for two seconds, you know, a few minutes later in the movie. But I feel like these FX wizards was like, hey, we just got this sweet new add-on for After Effects. Mm-hmm. It makes everything slow down around you except the actors. Can we use it in Star Trek Insurrection? Yeah, we'll wedge it in. Why not? We'll figure a way out. Don't ask so many questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. D- d- don't ask us how we'll do it, but uh, we'll figure it out. Because it just, it's useless. It's absolutely useless. She, she's showing him
2: that she can have very tantric moments.
0: <laughs> Man, we were talking about tantric sex last week. I don't want to get into it again. Right, okay,
2: we'll step away.
0: It's
1: a waste of time.
2: <laughs> it only exists in the Nexus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you got that much fucking time. I gotta go to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Rodney Dangerfield joke of the week.
0: <laughs> oh, that would have done Rodney proud, I feel so, <laughs> yeah. uh, but so that's w- I mean- a nexus. Get get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks my glasses. <laughs> Call me back when you're done with science school <laughs> uh, so I mean, we can just talk about it. She uses this power one more time. yeah, they're in a cave. The stupid idiot kid leaves his space chipmunk behind. He (laughs) runs back for it. She runs back for him. Picard runs back for the both of them. They get out of the cave. Kid escapes with Data. Rock cave in. And... Homegirl's fucking stuck under a bunch of stones and Picard's like, now just hang on. Don't go anywhere. And she's like, no, you can do it now. I, remember that thing I showed you about? You just do it. Oh, you have no practice with it or experience whatsoever? You'll be fine. And then Picard just does it.
1: You're like, Slows what is happening? time so that, you know, the, the, the Crusher can get there and give her the medicine. And it's like, what?
0: Yeah, there's like, oh, she's dying too Like her vital signs are, you know, fading rapidly. Whatever are we going to do? And yeah, she just, you know, slows everything, or he slows everything down. And she's like, see, I told you you didn't have to think about it. Didn't have to think about what? Of course you did. You're slowing down space and time. There's got to be a formula somewhere. Just let it happen, man. (laughs) Don't (laughs) ask so (laughs) many questions. Just
1: just let it happen.
0: Just let it go. Do it. You can do it, Jean-Luc. Remember that mambo you dance to. The vitality inside you. That is so creepy. <laughs> but it's, just, it's fucking Creep City. He's like, you're dying. And she's like, no, I'm not. Do it. Deal with it. Save me from the inside out. <laughs> so I'll, I guess I'll just slip it in there. <laughs>
1: if we've got all this time. I'll take it easy. I'll be real slow with it. That's how <laughs> you want it, right? Time <laughs> enough at last. So,
0: Meanwhile, yeah. on
1: the Enterprise. Uh, Riker is trying to get help. And like... The, this area is called the Briar Patch because it's all sorts of, there's gas, there's meteoroids. Meteoroids? I don't know. Sure, why not? Asteroids, that's what it is. It's a meteorite,
0: which is, I think, when it uh, hits Earth. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like a piece of a meteor. Right. Uh, ah, right. yeah. There's uh, medi-
1: uh, maybe there's uh, there's asteroids, how about that? Asteroids, ga- gas pockets, all sorts of un- undue weather. And Big like old g- fart class. <laughs> Exactly. So they're getting blasted by this Sona ship, which somehow gets the drop on the Enterprise bullshit. And. Yeah. Who knows? Riker
2: was too busy with his heart on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I guess. And so. You know, they're trying to outrun this ship. They're like, it's the old Han Solo thing. Let's go into the asteroid belt. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean? And so let's steal that from Star Wars. <laughs> they wind up, they, they get so much damage, they have to eject the warp core because the Sona has this reality-altering gun that was banned called whatever, and there's a rift in space-time. So Jordy's like, I don't know, fucking shoot the warp core at it.
0: Which is, which is my favorite kind of Star Trek logic. Dump the x onto whatever we're running from and then blow X up and maybe we'll be okay. It's going to do one of two things. Destroy whatever you're running from or the explosion will be such that you are pushed forward fast enough away from whatever rift is going on. It's amazing. It's a Star Trek failsafe that has never once not worked and they just go back to it constantly. So yeah, just dump it. Just dump that fucking warp core. Like flushing a toilet. Flush the ship's toilets at this fart cloud and see what happens. <laughs> now we have to f- we have to flush all the toilets at once. <laughs> Everybody, line up. Get ready. It just spews all this plumbing. This... <laughs> There's a bunch of blue liquid just going at it, and
2: so five thousand flushes.
0: <laughs> Good for five thousand flushes.
2: We o- we only have these mini proton torpedoes.
1: Everyone, put them in the toilet. And flush them. And they have this amazing... Oh, so they have this thing where they, they close the rift in space-time, luckily. Thank and God. these guys are still after them, and, and the ship's all banged up. So Riker does what he pens, the Riker Maneuver, mm-hmm. which he uses <laughs> the engine like a vacuum to suck up all this gas and spray it at the Sona. It just farts in their face. <laughs> it's... Li- I, I pen the Riker Maneuver to be if you're getting your asshole eaten out and you fart in someone's face, it's the Riker Maneuver. Riker's like, all right, Geordi, get ready.
0: We're going to do a space blumpkin on them. <laughs> and it works. And it it does. totally works. They're, they are destroyed beyond belief. It's the fart of, you know, heard round the galaxy. And then uh,
2: I think around this point is when... Uh, F. Murray Abraham has an argument with that admiral, uh... and that,
1: that, so basically, Picard gets kidnapped first. That's he a, is wow. hilariously kidnapped, beamed. He's him and the woman are kidnapped, beamed. As is everyone else that was in the principal cast. That is isn't the, uh, from Star Trek. Oh, this whole like everyone you know from the village is there. There's a couple of villagers that have more than five lines, so they're considered tertiary characters. And like F. Murray Abraham comes into the brig and he's like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to steal your planet. And then there's a very long exposition scene where we find out that the Sona are actually these people, the Baku. There was a group of kids that were exiled because they tried to take over the country and they were exiled from the country. The they wanted to. They wanted in on technology.
0: Oh, they wanted right. to know what was beyond the stars. I mean, it's the
2: Amish thing. They had their like what do they call
0: that? You get like a year off. Oh it's rum, like the, they had they had their rumspringer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's totally what it is, yeah. dude. They had they had Baku Rumspringer yeah. and they're like,
1: fine. Go see what you can do. And then they came back the Balchinians. That's what happened. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, you totally betrayed us, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, the Admiral's like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. And, you know, F. Murray Abraham's like, fuck you, you're not a character. Who cares? And he walks away. And then there's a a fight inside the operation room where uh, F. Murray Abraham gets his... Uh, facial, his facials? Yes. he gets facialed every day. He gets his stretches there. Yeah, Yeah, or he gets his Brazil stretches. And it's it's really the only time F. Murray Abraham's actually villainous because the rest of the movie, he's just like, no! He's just a cranky old bastard through the rest
2: of this movie. And then we get to see two men in in their late 60s fight. (laughs) Which is what (laughs) you
0: want. (laughs) Gotta love a sweet old man action scene.
2: That's... F. Murray Abraham tosses this, this admiral into the the stretcher machine, and mm. it like just
0: sort of like just stretches his face, and he goes. It's a really bad effect and he too. Dies, like yeah.
1: his eyeballs just bug out a little bit. It looks like bad Photoshop. It yeah. looks almost. It looks what looks a little better, but it's also a terrible effect. Is it when Bruce Davison turns into a bunch of jelly in the first X-Men yes, movie? Yes, it looks
0: exactly like that. Yeah, it's really and
1: really stupid.
2: We should mention here now because this character has gone. Is that Admiral was almost played by
0: Wilfred Brimley? You want an instant A plus Star Trek Insurrection? How do you not let that happen? He couldn't have said no. You know what? If he said no,
2: we'll all we'll offer you double. You know, offer yeah, him yeah. double. Oh, it, th- absolutely.
0: there's money
1: in the budget.
0: Yeah, well, these um, Balchinians, <laughs> goddamn! What, like, can you
1: imagine? <laughs> him <laughs> just so fucking furious at F. Murray Abraham, uh, and you would have. Wilford Brimley and, and Patrick Stewart share a scene together.
0: Picard, stop being such a goddamn pussy, goddamn what? <laughs> hey, John Luke,
1: come on. I can just imagine, like, Patrick Stewart doing his, his Shakespearean, like, vocal warm-ups and, like, Brimley's drinking a sassa whiskey and like, I don't, I don't get all this highfalutin' Star Trek. And- <laughs>
0: hey, hey, Pat, I didn't know we was filming a musical. <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan,
2: no, nah, no. Nah. Hank Williams <laughs> and Hank Williams Jr.
1: <laughs> I wish. Oh,
0: just talk about Hollywood missed opportunities. So and that also, guy's dead.
2: Also, Gene Hackman passed. <laughs> yeah. On the wrong. Oh,
0: yeah. Good fucking luck. It's like <laughs> that when, was a nice night move of him. Like, <laughs> doesn't really work, but let's go with it. Night move, has, uh, is it Night Moves where he's on that boat and he's like, uh, Gene Hackman's like, I remember those nights together we had. You're a wrecked nipples. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, a great... Most out of control line of that movie? <laughs> night Moves. Check it out. It's a good movie. But yeah, well, like, okay. Imagine, okay, casting Star Trek Insurrection. Star Trek Insurrection and you're casting this movie. you cast is the kid who's definitely going to go to a community college, okay? And this kid is applying to all these community colleges, (laughs) and then he's like, you know what? I'll also apply to Harvard. (laughs) That's what it's like to consider Gene Hackman for a role in a Star Trek movie. Like, I'm sorry, talk about impossible. He would have had to been in some dire Michael Kane I need a new garage, fucking straight,
1: to be in a Star Trek. Movie. And that's what I respect about Gene Hackman is he never got that bad because he's just like you know what, fuck it, I'll do Lowe's commercials, baby. It's the same. He, he made that mistake and.
0: He banished himself from acting. He went from one of the greatest roles of his career as Royal Tenenbaum and then did Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. Saw what happened, saw himself on that screen. and was like, you know what? I will never act again. Yeah. Self-exile. Yeah, I'll show myself out. Popeye Doyle fired himself from Hollywood and then, <laughs> because of a role. And we're about, wasn't well, that bad. I mean, come on. Hey, there was a lot of jokes I told. We were both running for mayor. It was
1: funny. Fucking welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> so the last act of this movie. <laughs> yes. We're all on the ship. And, you know, uh, F. Murray Abraham kills the Admiral. He's got no qualms about doing any evil shit now. He could finally be a villain at hour at an hour and 25 minutes in. Totally. So he's like, all right, we're going to destroy the planet. I've got this big, crazy-looking satellite that looks like a drill. We're going to destroy the... Kind of looks like the drill they use, actually, in the, Abram, in the Abrams uh, Star Trek movie a bit. Yeah, absolutely. With <laughs> the, the
0: drill that they used to kill Vulcan. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Big weather balloon space-looking
1: thing. <laughs> so they're going to use this thing, and he's got his crew, and what what happens is... Picard figures out this plan. He's like, "Oh, I'll do." He does the old double bluff on him, where he teleports this entire crew onto the holodeck ship and makes them think they're still on their ship.
0: And then they enact the plan, and F. Murray Abraham's like, "All right, here we go, we totally did it, that planet's dead, and we have, you know, all the resources from it, and then they realize that they got duped, and he's pissed,
1: and and all this stuff. And then basically there's a big showdown between Picard and F. Murray Abraham, two more 60-year-old men duking it out. Yeah, (laughs) like,
2: like, F. Murray Abraham actually goes to the ship, the actual ship that can initiate this destruction. Yeah, Yeah. the drill ship. Picard follows him,
0: old man brawl, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) F. Murray Abraham lets out one final "no"
1: and explodes.
0: Totally. So he's just he's <laughs> Picard he's, beams away. He's
1: engulfed in flames, and Picard is beamed to safety. And the uh, the rest of the Sonas' mouths taste like farts. They just got the R- Riker maneuver all over him. <laughs> and and that's I mean, really, that's kind of the end of the movie. What's
0: crazy is this movie really wraps up a titch too fast. The flick's only like an hour and forty seven minutes or so, mm-hmm. but like. They go back to the planet. Data, you know, is kind of playing with the kid. The kid, you know, digs on them now and they're buddies and everything. And then Picard's like, hey, I have 318 days of vacation. I'm going to come back and fuck your brains out, but I just can't <laughs> do it right now. And then they beam away and it's credits. There's no captain's log. There's no wrap up. But no one's playing cards. There the is.
2: End. You see, you see Quark in his space pickup. <laughs> he's like, I also dig on kid.
1: <laughs> what oh, about Quark? <laughs> A planet of eternal children. He's mm. honking the horn.
0: Hey, aunt, aunt, space horn. <laughs> Wharf, come on, Wharf. We gotta get back to deep space
1: now. <laughs> Cisco's gonna have our asses. I hope he has my ass. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Wharf's into everything. Uh, Quark is into everything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you, you know he's got both nipples pierced. Or all six <laughs>
0: nipples pierced. There's chains connecting all of them, like <laughs> some sort of punk rock cow. Drag me around by them. <laughs> there's there's
1: some fan f- There's some slash fiction. <laughs> oh, Dax, you've got a woman and a man inside you? Step on my balls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where does this stand in next generation films?
1: It's number three. It's second to last. No, I, I yeah. actually, I, I kind of. No, actually, I kind of remember liking Nemesis a little more because the action's a little. There is any consequences, even though what happens to Data and Nemesis is really stupid. Yes, that something happens to the main cast that matters in one way or another. There's some stakes there's a clearly defined villain, which F. Murray Abraham certainly is And I think he's a great mm-hmm. actor. He's undeniably a great actor. Yeah. But he's, he, he has nothing to do or think in this movie. At least Tom Hardy and, and Nosferatu Ron Perlman have <laughs> know what they're doing in that movie.
0: And it's kind of a sweeter thing because it's Romulans, and they're, the Romulans in that movie are finally like, you know what? We're done being stepped on, man. Like, yeah. we're just going to fucking destroy Earth, and that's the end of it, because mm-hmm. who
1: cares? Yeah,
0: I haven't seen it in, for, in
2: forever, but I, I remember liking Nemesis less. And, and this movie is bad, but again, it's like what we were saying. It's like an episode. And so yeah. I could sit through an episode, but then if a movie's like... So I would, I would rank it First Contact as the best, and then Generations, and then this, and then...
0: The nemesis. nemesis that's the way I do. you would swap Nemesis, yeah, I mean, even though this, Nemesis
1: burned that bridge because this was a financially successful movie at at, at the at the very least yeah. and Nemesis was not,
0: oh yeah, no, I remember seeing Nemesis in the theater. I saw both of these in theaters, I think, and I remember specifically the Nemesis screening like opening day, this theater was
1: fucking barren, <laughs> it was really sad, uh, would either of you recommend this i wouldn't. Uh, I like. I don't like this movie. I find it really boring. I don't think that there's really stakes. It's it's a lot of just going off the steam of what people like about the the, the show, which is great. But it, the problem is, the setup of First Contact is so good, and it's like we can make these excellent movies, and we have the cast, we have a great pantheon of villains. Why wasn't there a Q movie? I know that Q yeah. is kind of, kind of, sort of wrapped up in the, in the last episode of the show. Yeah, but there should have been John Delancey as a main villain in a movie, and this would have been a perfect one. for
0: You him. needed a Q movie. I agree about that, Eric. I yeah. would say
2: no. <clears throat> Pardon me. I would say no. I I I feel like there's probably like eight or
0: nine Star Trek movies you could watch instead that are right. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> actually very true. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I I would recommend it, unfortunately. I feel, I agree with you in almost every aspect of it. I think, you know, there's no villain. They totally burn all the momentum that they they built up with First Contact. You know, I mean, because the end of First Contact, man, that is a runaway train of, mm-hmm. like, hardcore, like, good story. I think the biggest difference, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, but... I think one of the main differences between First Contact and this movie is that First Contact has Alice Kriege as the Borg Queen. And it's an amazing villain. Mm-hmm. You're you're working in elements of the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers you know, Locutus of Borg and all that stuff. Yeah. And that comes back into play. And, and <laughs> everyone
2: has something really important to do. Data's learning about himself. Yep.
0: Riker and Geordi are dealing with
2: Zephyr Cochran. Like, there's yep. a lot riding on, on that movie. There's so many
0: stuff. I mean, everyone in that movie... Has to come through, or else everybody loses. Kind exactly. of thing, which is really awesome. And yeah, I mean, the stakes
2: are high. In, like in, here, no. In,
0: in this, the stakes are low. I do dig on the whole, like we're rogue Starfleet officers yeah. doing this mission that's completely off the books. Which, which yes, I've does, seen Kirk do I every mean, it, single time. <laughs> yeah, it, do, it does happen a lot, but it's still, it's cool to see. You know, and yeah. I, and I I know that we've been ragging on people that like more of the same all the time throughout a franchise or whatever, but for some reason that works to me. I don't think it's a good movie. I think if you're a fan of the franchise or you're just getting into it, you should still totally check it out. You're not going to waste your time. It's worth watching. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely put that on the chips. But, I mean, I mean it's, it's a weak recommend for yeah. me. Ah. <sighs> We finally did it. We
1: finally did Star Trek Insurrection. We barely talked about it. We had a good, <laughs> we got a, we had a good time barely talking about it. Hey, Are, are your boobs firming up right now? <laughs> well, by the way, I, I did want to make a bad joke about boobs firming up and uh, Brent Spiner's budding breasts in this movie, <laughs> which is part of the reason why they couldn't continue with you Brent know, Spiner. And, and he's always like,
0: and he will fully admit to yeah. that, like, this is why you can't play a robot forever. However... Just it, invent data's got a fucking biology chip and his fucking ass is blowing out now.
2: Wait, are, you, are you saying he didn't bring his fat chip
1: <laughs> He left that under his toe like a emotion chip.
0: oder der Hitgaben-Podcast.